This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Just a fascinating weekend. I, I've admitted before I spend far too much time on Twitter, and uh, I'm one of those people that sort of, I think it's, there's, it's because of what I do, by and large. It, it's it's a wonderful source for, you know, all kinds of news. There's no question about it. Plus, it's really become a big part of watching hockey, too. I mean, there's a whole community that's sprung up around, you know, Leafs Twitter, Bruins Twitter, Oilers Twitter, Flames Twitter. doesn't matter. you got these interaction. You, you get to know people. It, it's, it's a whole new component to a lot of the things that we do every day. So it's been fascinating to watch what's been going on uh, in the past, I don't know, two, three weeks. Now, the big development over the weekend, you might have heard it in the news, was Elon Musk allowing Donald Trump back on the platform. He did a poll. He did a Twitter poll, and Trump surprisingly narrowly won. Um, but uh, he did win. So Elon Musk says, okay, Donald Trump, you're back. You're you're allowed back. And <laughs> the amazing thing is Donald Trump said, um, nah, thanks, but no thanks. Good social has been very, very powerful, very, very strong. And I'll be staying there, but I hear we're getting a big vote to also go back on Twitter. Yeah, he says, yeah, I'm not really interested in going back on Twitter. I'm fine with my truth social platform, which, okay. Um, and then Elon Musk sent out some really bizarre stuff last night about that. But, I mean, it, it's sort of, it's fascinating to watch. I don't know what'll happen. Here's where we are. As you know, Musk has fired half of Twitter's staff. Then he issued an ultimatum to those that were left, prepare for what he called hardcore working conditions, or it's time for you to go too. A lot of them did. A lot of them left. Um, so he shut the doors down for the weekend and said they'd get started back at it again today or tomorrow, actually, I think. Um, and all kinds of things have just been happening uh, constantly around this platform, which is used by millions and millions and millions of people around the world. So where do we go from here? That's the big question. We're going to have a conversation now with Philip Mai, who is a senior researcher and co-director of the Social Media Lab at Toronto Metropolitan University. Philip, thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time today. No problem. Thanks for having me, Shay. It's been so interesting to watch this and sort of, you know, try and anticipate where it might go. We, of course, had the RIP Twitter hashtag going last Thursday. Still here. Do you think it stays? I mean, is there a chance that Twitter will go away after all of this? Um, maybe yes and no, because uh, t- from a technology perspective, um, Twitter is basically built, uh, you know, the technology stack. It's one layer on top of each other. If you, it's like playing uh, Jenga. You pull out pieces. Eventually, the tower comes tumbling down. Whether that be this weekend, or I mean, coming weekend, or uh, a year from now, we just don't know. It's just they hire so many people. Well, uh, they started the out uh, with about seven thousand five hundred before the um, layoff, and now they're around three thousand. So I mean, those three thousand or so that are now gone, they did something there. <laughs> Well, this is the thing, right? I mean, if you, if you remove half of any company's workforce, it's going to affect their performance. So far, is there any indication that things are starting to crumble a bit? I mean, you're seeing minor stuff like, for example, it takes longer to load up the timeline sometimes. Um, just minor stuff like that. But these things are cumulative. Over time, um, you're going to find that um, it might take a little bit longer. Remember the early days of Twitter when you often see the fail whale 
um, image yeah. when things don't work, and sometimes it comes back a few minutes later, a few hours later, and sometimes a day later. And I think going forward, we're probably going to see more of that. It's going to be a bit like Yahoo, where basically it's still around, but it might not have the same force that it uh, had in the past, simply because the other thing is that people are moving on. Um, we yeah. see that with uh, people moving on and looking for alternatives. Do you know, is, is there anybody out there that's moving into the space? I know some of the former Twitter employees had said, hey, what about if we just go out and build Twitter without all the things we don't like about Twitter? The people who have the experience and sort of built that platform, is, I mean, it's not going to happen overnight, obviously, but do you know, is that kind of work already happening? Well, supposedly Jack is working on something, and he'll be announcing it uh, sooner than later. So we're waiting to see what he's been working on. Um, so that's one possibility. But there, like this, for example, there's an app um, coming out of uh, India that's trying to go international called Coup. They've been bombarding people um, who are tweeting things like, you know, delete tweets and stuff like that. Every time you uh, mention something about that or or uh, uh, they will uh, use their bots to join the conversation says, hey, give our app a try. And then, of course, there's Mastodon um, that's yes. also making a big splash. Um, and some people are starting to move over to that. But like I said, right now, that's a trickle. Getting back to Twitter, a lot of people said World Cup, which has kicked off now in the past couple of days here, that's going to be a big test because, the you know, the platform exists. Like you said, if you want to call it a big Jenga tower, it's there, it's existing. But once it runs into this problem or that problem and they start to accumulate and there's nobody there to fix them, that's when things get sketchy. So do we know, you know, are there certain areas that are just they don't have staff anymore? What kind of problems do you think could really, really make things precarious for Twitter? Well, um, like I said, because of big events that are coming up and elections and so on, um, it could be, get to a point where the load on the system is so much that it comes crashing down. But the problem is that to get it back up and running, you need a team of people. And some of those people to uh, you know, get it back up and running are not there anymore. Um, so it might take a little bit longer for them to get things up and running when things break down. Mm -hmm. um, so that's uh, one area. And the other thing is they basically uh, revamp how they've decided to do moderation going forward. So a lot of bad actors are basically are right now just testing and seeing what are the new boundaries, um, because certain things were um, you know, taken off because they have system in place to adjudicate that and make those decisions. But right now, the only person making that kind of decision is basically Elon. Um, right. He's the final stop. Um, so you're going to see a lot more bad actors trying to test out the boundaries. What are the new rules? What are the new play? You know, in this playground. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, in terms of the new rules, aside from the technology side of it, you've also got the fact that it's a platform that needs revenue. It needs to make money. And the list of big, big advertisers who have said, you know what, we're out, continues to grow day by day by day. I mean, eventually, it runs out of money, doesn't it? Eventually, it will run out of money. But like I said, advertisers are fickle. They're, a lot of them are um, taking a breather right now, but I think they're waiting also to see how the dust settle. Yeah. Because if he goes through with his plan to basically eventually turn this over to a more professional manager to do the day-to-day, the person might be able to turn the ship around, or if he's going to be one of those uh, bosses that uh, you know lord over the new CEO, and he or she might resign within 30 days after taking the job, then we're in for another round of chaos.
<laughs> which, like I say, it's been interesting to watch. I don't know ultimately where it ends up, but mm-hmm. um, are are you migrating? Are you checking out other platforms? What, what's your, where, how do you feel about things right now? I'm also taking a, a, a <laughs> wait-and-see attitude simply because there's really nothing out there right now that can really replace what Twitter have been able to deliver to the user. Yeah. It's Excellent, for example, for um, uh, during emergencies. I mean, when there are fires in Canada, um, in the north, and, and uh, in BC and, and Alberta and stuff like that, that's where emergency services, you know, uh, they bypass the media and go directly to uh, their followers. Um, that's probably the fastest way to get information out right now. So th- they provide that service that I don't think anybody can replace. I mean, you can go into like a WhatsApp group, but then only the people on your WhatsApp group yeah, uh, will know whatever it is that you're sending out. And if one of those people want to share it with a different WhatsApp groups, but that takes a long time for information to spread. Twitter, on the other hand, can get that out. And through serendipity, you don't have to follow me, but if I use a hashtag and you happen to look at that hashtag, you're going to be able to find yeah. that. It'll come up. Yeah, you'll, you'll run into it. No question about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me, just before I let you go, what about Mastodon? Does it have that? I mean, I understand you have to build sort of groups. I mean, how does that work? How far is its reach? Right now, uh, they just announced that they now have about 2 million active users. But just in context, Twitter has about 400-and-something million. Um, so it's not even a grain of sand on a beach right at this point. Um, but it is gaining some traction. But there are some issues with Mastodon. Um, basically, what you're doing is you're trading in big Elon for a lot of little Elons. <laughs> Each of the Mastodon instances of server is run by a volunteer. Like if I decided to um, turn one of my server into a Mastodon server, I can do that tonight and then invite Randalls to just join my server. But if I don't like what they're saying, I can shut them off. You just boot them off. So it's like a moderator almost. Well, I would become the moderator because I'm the owner of that instant and I get to decide um, was A-OK on my server, and if you don't like it, you can move yourself to another server. But here's the thing that a lot of people don't know. If before you move yourself to another server, but the home server that you happen to be on decided to suspend you, guess what? You can't move. That's the thing that a lot of people don't know about Mastodon. You cannot move if the, um, the administrator of the home server that you're on decide to suspend you for whatever reason. So now if you want to move, you would have to physically go to another server who will take you, reset up your account all over again, find all of your followers, because you can't export all of your followers. Because if you were not suspended, then you could, of course, just set up a new uh, right, account yeah. on a different server and then ping back to the old server and says, hey, I'm over here now. Transfer all my data, all my followers, and all the people I follow over. But guess what? That doesn't happen if the home server have suspended you. So, so we're data basic, after 30 days gets erased. <laughs> so somebody, I mean, all kinds of different people basically have total control over other people's Mastodon, Mastodon profiles, yeah. and they control them. Right. So man, there is a built-in mechanism to uh, police the system in the sense that, for example, all the Mastodon server can choose to interconnect with each other. So this way, if I'm on one server, I can connect with somebody else who is on a different server. But if one of the server administrators uh, don't um, you know, allow content that are objectionable to other admins, those other admins can basically put that server on a blacklist and says, hi, I'm not going to federate with you. I'm not going to connect with you. So basically, as far as I'm concerned, you don't exist. You don't exist. So yeah. guess what? 
Right. So um, there is a built-in mechanism, but that takes time for, A, for bad actors to build up enough bad action for other people in the network to say, uh, yeah, I don't want your neo-Nazi stuff on polluting my server. Right. So guess what? I'm going to block you. But that takes time. But there is a built-in mechanism for in the system to weed out bad actors on Mastodon. But again, it takes time. It takes time, and yeah. Also, to, you know, to propagate, because basically they, they create whitelists and blacklists of, you know, Mastodon servers that are uh, there for child porn. They're there for terrorism or whatever else, right? So when enough other administrators says, uh, yeah, I don't want that stuff to infest my server, they can choose to block those servers, right? And they just end so up... There's a built-in mechanism. But like I said, it's, a lot of people don't realize that the server could be sitting on somebody's... Um, uh, bedroom, that person get hit by a bus, there goes your master on account. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Philip, I'm out of time, but I appreciate you being no here. Problem. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You Bye -bye. too. Uh, okay, so Mastodon sounds like it's got its issues too. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. <laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.